Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Amen. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, I love you so much. Thank you, Lord God, for letting us be together today. This is a special day, Lord God, because it's a day when we focus in you focus on your resurrection, Lord God, that you died on the cross for our sins. You died for us and the sins of the world. But not only did you die, but you rose again. And because you rose again, Lord God, we have something to preach and something to celebrate and something to share. Lord, we just bless you and we honor you today. God, let our ears and our hearts be open to your word and change us from the inside out. Change everything in our lives, we pray in your, ho- in, in your holy name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles high in the sky and say, this is my Bible, the living and powerful, proven Word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy Word on which I stand, and having done all, I'm going to stand on the Word of God. Whatever the Word of God says I am, whatever the Word of God says I have, whatever the Word of God says I can do, say with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. You may be seated. You sound like a bunch of believers, and I like that. There's a set of notes that you received this morning already on, the, on your way in the door. Just in case we missed you, uh, just raise your hand long enough and get a set of notes for the message today. Also online, you can just uh, see the prompts on the screen online, and you'll be able to get your own set of notes online as well. We welcome all of our online friends. God bless you. Well, everyone, welcome to Harvest Church and welcome to Easter Sundays. I'm, again, just thrilled to see all of you. And uh, I'm talking about how Easter changes everything. You know, change is a part of life, but wow, it seems like we've had more than our fair share of change lately. During the past two years, we've gone through so many changes, some for the better and some for the worse, I'm telling you. We've endured a pandemic, we've been sheltered in, we've experienced social distancing, missed graduations, COVID-19 sicknesses, COVID-19 losses, some in our own family and families that we know. We've uh, experienced tests, disinfections, vaccinations, one, two, three vaccinations, masks on, masks off, masks on again, masks off, Mandated mask, not mandated mask, mask off again and mask on again. And I'll tell you what, and here we are. And now that the cloud of COVID is lifting, it's not over yet. We're still enduring COVID variants. We're enduring an, an, epi- an endemic, not an epidemic, but an endemic. War in the Ukraine, 8% inflation and $6 gas. What a year it's been already. It's been a great one, hasn't it, already? But I want to tell you this. um, I'm more excited and more optimistic about this year than any year in the last three years. I really am. Because God is with us and he's going to help bring us through. Can I get a witness? Amen. But with all of the changes that we've been through, with all that we've endured, this day reminds us that Easter changes everything for the better. Easter changes everything for the better. Say it with me right now. Easter changes everything for the better. If you believe that, say aloud, amen. Amen? Amen. Now, Easter, the word Easter is better defined as Resurrection Day. Say it with me right now, Resurrection Day. Because without the resurrection, we would have nothing to celebrate. The truth is, in your notes, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our Christian faith. It's the cornerstone. In fact, the Word of God says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 13. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and, you, and so is your faith. In other words, if there's no resurrection, we always might just kind of pack it in and call it of a day because we really don't have anything genuine to celebrate. It says, without the resurrection, our, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. But, thank God for that but there, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ has been raised from the dead indeed. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Christ has risen indeed. And that's why we celebrate Easter together. Hallelujah. It really, it really uh, happened. And by the way, it says 
Christ would become the first fruits of many others who have fallen asleep. In other words, here's what we're saying in your notes. In other words, because Jesus rose again, you will rise again. How many of you think that that's a pretty good deal? Amen? Mortality right now is running at about 100%. Someday, sometime, you're going to need to rise again. And I'll tell you what, when I say because Jesus rose again, you will rise again, that might not seem like much to you today because you're young and I get it. But just as soon as you have a loved one waiting for you in heaven, it will mean much more than ever, especially with each passing year. How many of you have got some grandparents in heaven waiting for you up there already, right? And how many of you have some friends waiting in heaven for you right now? And even children that are waiting in heaven. I'm just telling you what, it, 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 heaven gets sweeter when you realize all of the people are there. Why does this make sense? I'm talking about why is this important? It's because, because Jesus said he would be the first fruit of many to be raised again. Jesus rose again because he conquered death, hell, and the grave. We are going to rise again as well, and I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was just thinking about many dear friends from our Harvest Church family that are experiencing Easter in heaven with the Lord today. Many of these or most of these for the first time. And I just wrote these down as I was preparing this message, but Linda Babbitt and Warren Boyd and Carl Cluck and Joyce Cluck and little Aspen Annie Dalton and, and, uh, and little Aspen, uh, maybe uh, I, I, we've got a little grandson in heaven named Carter, Andrew Carter, and he might be showing little Aspen Annie around heaven. Hey, I'll show you some things here. I've been here for a while myself. And then Chester Ferris and Cindy uh, Faces, and, and, um, and then uh, Ernest Gunter, Jerry Gunter, Ginger uh, Haight, Sarah Harrison, Ron Jones, Nancy King, Frank Leon, uh, John Matthew, uh, Marvin Sims, Joe Spencer, Jeff Turner, Pete Vega, Gene Villegas, and Wayne Westfall. God bless Wayne. He's in heaven with the Lord today on this Easter Sunday, and Mary Wilson. And I want to just say that because Jesus rose from the dead, all of these friends may be absent from the body, but they're present with the Lord, and they're more alive now than they've ever been. Hallelujah. That's because of the resurrection. And I want to just ask you this morning to join me, because I know all of these people, or most all of them I know, and, and, and they would really appreciate this. I think it would be great if we would just honor them with an applause of love. Would you do that right now? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Now, we're talking about resurrection power, and what does the resurrection prove? I'm going to just uh, spend a little time here in saying what the, what the resurrection proves and why it's so important. The resurrection proves, number one, that Jesus is the person that he claimed to be. There's a lot of people that claim to be something, but they don't, you know, follow it up, and they don't back it up with any kind of works, any kind of wonders, any kind of power. But Jesus is the person he claimed to be. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet he will live. Man, I'm so glad. How many of you are believers in Jesus? Though you die, yet you're going to live. Man, there's great hope right there. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So we live in a world that has lost its way. And we live in a world that's lost its truth. And we live in, the wor in a world right now that wonders what life is all about. But in a world that has lost its truth, Jesus is the truth. In a world that has lost its way, Jesus is the way. And in, in a world that's lost its life, Jesus is the life. If you believe that, say aloud, amen. He, Jesus didn't claim to be a way or a truth or a life. He claimed to be the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In other words, if you're following someone, I'm glad that you're following the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. By the way, if you're looking for a resurrected religious leader, you should know this, that the field is very slim. You know, Buddha was born, but Buddha died in 483 B.C. Confucius was born, but Confucius died in 479 B.C. Muhammad died, but he, uh, Muhammad was born, but he died in 632 A.D. And in modern, you know, Christian leaders, uh, or not Christian leaders, but modern religious leaders, 
the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was born, but he died in February of 2008. And then you probably have heard of the Sun Young Moon for many years. The Sun Young Moon was born in 1920, but he died in 2012. Here's what I want you to see this morning, everyone. Of all of these religious leaders, only one was resurrected, and that one is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. That makes him exclusive, and I'm just saying, if you're going to follow a religious leader, let me just encourage you to follow someone who defeated death, hell, and the grave. Follow someone who rose again. Follow someone who actually got out of the box. Amen? Because one day you're going to need to get out of the box too, and you want to follow somebody who's already done it. He's the first fruit of many who will rise again. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. And by the way, Jesus has the name that's above every other name. Because Jesus humbled himself. In fact, it says this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, because Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross... God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. He's been given the name that's above every other name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord, our Savior, a great hand of, of praise today. Hallelujah. So Jesus was the person he claimed to be, but also, secondly, Jesus had the power. Jesus had the power that he claimed to have. Jesus said, all power, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. So he says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down myself. In other words, Jesus said, I laid my life down for you. I have the power to lay it down, but I also have the power to gain it back again. I'm telling you what, this is important because we all need power in our lives. Have you ever had a day where you're short on power? I mean, you had less power than your iPhone. Your iPhone had more power. And you just felt like, man, I'm just out of power. And let me tell you what, the only way we have, we have a finite amount of power that we can operate on, but Jesus' power is infinite. Hallelujah. That's why we can sing a song like, you know, we've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated because we've got the power in the name of the Lord. Jesus has the power that he claimed to have, and he makes his power available to us through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, third thing this morning is this. The resurrection proves that Jesus does what he promises to do. There's a lot of religious leaders that make a lot of promises, but they don't follow through, and they don't deliver on the promises that they made. But Jesus does what he promises to do. So Jesus was talking one time. He's referring to himself. He's talking to his disciples. Jesus said they will mock him. They'll, they'll scourge him. They'll spit on him. They'll kill him. He was talking about himself. But on the third day, he will rise again. Hallelujah. On the third day, he will rise. Praise God. And, and we sang that song this morning, you know, on the third day. We we're talking about the third day. How many of you know that we're a bunch of third day believers here? Amen. Before Jesus rose again, everybody worshiped on Saturday, but the, the resurrection was so powerful that within several years, they began to meet on Sunday, and then from, several, then from going forward, meeting on Sunday. Why? Because it was, a, it was the first day of creation, and it's the first day of the beginning of the week when Jesus rose again. So we're kind of like, we're third-day believers. I'm talking about but we worship on the first day of the week because that's when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, so he did just as he said. He resurrected three days later. And three days after Jesus was crucified, he rose again. And there was an angel. Now, remember the story of Jesus. You know, he was crucified. They buried him. And then he rose, he rose again on the third day. But, you know, on that third day, they'd heard word that the tomb was empty. And, and, and the women... Uh, that were with the disciples, they went out and they ran to the tomb to see what had happened. They ran to the tomb and the angel, there was an angel at the empty tomb. By the way, the um, disciples were kind of holed up together. You know, they were kind of hiding out because they felt like, well, if they came after Christ and killed him, they're eventually going to come after us too. They kind of had lost hope. But thank God for the women that had some courage. Can I get a witness? Amen. How I many you know that's the way it usually works? You know, they... Disciples are usually holed up in the room like we're the 
big disciples. And no, we're going to look at the tomb no matter what happens. And they went out to the tomb, and they were there, and they got to the tomb. The stone had been rolled away, and an angel said to them and spoke, said, women, do not be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said it would happen. And here's what I want you to see. Just as he said it would happen, the Lord is a Lord that keeps his promises. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen? Hallelujah. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. Man, that's a preaching church right there. I love it. Now, I want to look at Easter changes everything. When we say Easter changes everything, what is it that Easter changes? And by the way, I, was, I forgot to say this about the empty tomb. You know, he, Jesus rose three days after he was crucified, but he didn't need to, uh, you know, buy a tomb. He just needed to borrow a tomb. It was a borrowed tomb. You know that, right? Because why would you buy a tomb when you only need to use it for three days? He was going to only need this for three days. He borrowed the tomb and out you go, you know. Uh, he, he, was, he was good with his uh, finances, I guess, you know, I guess. <laughs> I didn't, never said that before. It doesn't make any sense, but... <laughs> But when you think about it, he's not only needed for three days. It's a borrowed tomb. Glory adios. Amen. So when we say Easter changes everything, what is it that Easter changes? And let me just share this with you this morning. I wrote these down, and uh, they resonate in my heart, and I pray that they'll resonate in your heart as well. First of all, Easter changes how you see God, how you see God. A lot of people see God as some distant being, some spirit in the sky, you know, out there by and by where he was, but they don't see him as a personal God. They see him like as a higher power or a greater power, however they explain it. But because of Jesus, because of Christ dying on the cross, we no longer see God from a distance. We see him up close and personal. our Heavenly Father, that's personal. So no longer distant and impersonal, but near and personal, our Heavenly Father. So this is important because the Bible says, once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Say it with me this morning. I've been brought near, near to God, through what? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. It all, all ties in with the resurrection. So Easter changes how you see God. Hallelujah. Secondly, Easter changes how you see Jesus. Everyone say it with me this morning. Jesus, right? How you see Jesus. Not simply a righteous teacher or a good man. There's a lot of people you'll talk to, especially in the secular world. They say, well, we think that Jesus was a good teacher. He was a good man. He was a righteous man. But Jesus wasn't just a righteous teacher and a good man. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, our risen Savior, and our soon-coming King. Hallelujah. He's much more than just a good teacher, and he also rose from the, from the dead, which makes him completely elite. You know what I'm talking about? He's the Son of God. And in fact, there's a scripture, and I was thinking about when they were gathered around the cross when Jesus was crucified, there was a centurion that was there. And a centurion is a Roman soldier, kind of mid-level uh, rank, but he has about 80 legionnaires underneath him that he's over, all right? So he's a commanding officer over about a group of around 80 people, and he's a centurion. He was standing by the cross kind of looking, uh, looking at what was taking place. But a centurion is kind of, it works with the public, and he's a first responder, and he's also military. To be a first responder, to be a policeman, to be a fireman, to be in military, whatever, you have to develop along the way. You kind of get conditioned on the inside so that you kind of have to have a thicker skin than usual. Just because of all the craziness that goes on, all of the things that you run into and all the things that you have to be prepared for, usually they're pretty much straight and level and they're, they're pretty much not moved by a lot of emotion or anything like that. But here you have this centurion who has his group around the cross as well and all the people standing. And the Bible says this, when the centurion and those who were with him were keeping watch over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake that took place, they were filled with awe and they said, truly, this is the Son of God. I'm talking about even people that maybe would have been unmoved under other circumstances or in the middle of all of this excitement, not been, you know, just kind of stoic, They said when they saw the earthquake, when they saw the thunder and the lightning and everything that took place, they said, surely this was the Son of God. Say it with me right now. Surely 
This was the Son of God. I'm telling you what, in your own life, once you get around the power of God, once you get around the presence of God, I mean, you can be in a church in a religious service or a traditional service and just feel like, I just went to Easter service today. I just checked the box. Where are we going to go to eat right now? Are we going to go to Mimi's? Are we going to go to, you know, Bamboo Inn? Are we going to go to, you know, uh, McDonald's? Where are we going to go? Probably not McDonald's on Easter, but... Maybe, who knows? But where are we going to go? I checked the box, but we, you know, people can come into a service, an Easter service on Easter, and go out and be unchanged. And they, they, they'll just be unchanged because they haven't felt the power of God. But at the cross, they felt the power of God. When that earthquake hit, when the lightning shone, when everything, when the veil in the temple was rent in twain, all of that, they said, surely this was the Son of God. And when you get in God's power, you're going to have that same thing happen when you, His power surrounds your life. You'll go like, man, I don't know what's going on right now, but I can tell you what, God is in the house right now. And you feel Him. Hallelujah. So it's how you see Jesus. Praise God. Now, the third thing this morning is this, that Easter changes how you see the Holy Spirit. How you see the Holy Spirit. So, when Jesus was getting ready to die on the cross, He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to help you. So uh, remember this about Jesus. He, he ministered here on earth for, um, uh, uh, he, he was here for 33 years, but he started his ministry when he was 30 years old, all right? Everyone say 30. Then he completed it at age 33, and then he's on the cross. He died, and then he rose again. And so after he rose again, remember this? He was seen on earth for 40, 40 days. He's there showing himself to many witnesses. So over 500 people saw him. Many witnesses saw him. And then he gets ready to ascend to the Father. Remember, he got ready to ascend to the Father, right? They call that the ascension. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know kids, if you don't know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, God kind of beamed him up. You know what I'm saying? In other words, if, if you're looking at Star Trek, you guys might, might look at that. You know, like, but, but anyway, he was going up like this. Then he stands before the people and he says, go into all the world, you know, before he went. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the creatures, uh, to every creature. But he said this, after 40 days past the cross, he said, I want you to do something. I want you to wait in Jerusalem for 10 more days until you receive the promise of the Father, which is going to be the coming of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. And by come to you, he says, I'm going to be with you. And he says, I'm going to come alongside of you. The Holy Spirit will come alongside of you. He'll be in you. He will help you. He'll be your paraclete, the one that comes along to comfort you, to help you. How many of you know that we need help? Can I get a witness and say, I need help? And he says, and he'll never leave you. Now, here's what I want you to see. In Israel at that time, if you wanted to see Jesus, you had to find him. You had to go to where he was, and you might have to stand in a line that was 1,000 people deep just to get to him. You'd have to wait your turn with everyone. And then when he would leave town, he'd be somewhere else, and the only way that you could get near him would be to try to follow him and just get, stay near to him. But to have an audience with him, maybe that would happen to you once, maybe that would happen to you twice, maybe it never happens. But Jesus said this, when I go and ascend to the Father, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want you to see right now. Instead of having to wait to get to Jesus, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us so that we could be, have his presence in our lives 24-7, 365 days a year, and he would never leave us or forsake us. If you think that's a good thing, give the Lord a great hand clap. Amen? Let me read it out of the Word of God. And he says, I'm going to pray to the Father and he's going to give you another helper that he might abide with you for how long? Forever. The spirit of truth who the world cannot see because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells in you and he will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you alone. He dwells with you and he will be in you. Hey, everybody, everyone that's a believer in this place, wave your hand at me if you're a believer. You have access to the Holy Spirit 24-7, and the Holy Spirit wants to help you because we need help. Amen. Amen. How many of you would say, I need help? And if you didn't say that, turn to your neighbor and say, you really need help. <laughs> they liked that, didn't they, huh? The Holy Spirit, we just need his help. 
I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Several years ago, I went to China with a family from our church when I pastored in Michigan. I've only pastored one other church. Went to, a fa- uh, uh, a, uh, to China because they'd already adopted one girl from China. Her name was Megan, and they brought her back, but then they were going back to China two years later or so to pick up another girl uh, to adopt, and um, her name is, is, is uh, Katie. Yeah, Megan and Katie. Thank you. And um, so we were going back to get Katie. And in these orphanages, they will, they will, many times the parents will drop a little girl off at the police steps, and then the uh, police department picks them up, and then they put them in a, in, a, in a understaffed orphanage. There's just not enough people to go around to really minister to the kids. Uh, Megan, who we, was with us on this trip to you know, meet her new little sister, um, she was in an orphanage for 17 months and basically sitting wrapped up in clothes out in a little, those little baby uh, crawler things, you know, with the wheels on the bottom. What do you call them? Walkers. Little walkers, yeah. And a bunch of them, yeah, a bunch of them out on a floor. And many of them without good social contact for months and months and months. A lot of people feel like, you know, you, you adopt a child maybe from China or wherever, and that's all you do, and you live happily ever after. But there's a lot of things that go on when you bring back the adopted child. There are detachment problems. There's problems getting acclimated because they haven't had that social, that loving touch that they needed. And, and, and sometimes it takes months and it takes years. But I wanted to say for little Megan, Megan right now, she's not two years old anymore. She's like uh, 23 or 24 years old now. She just finished her, her degree, and now she's going to medical school to become a doctor. Praise God. And so, in other words, what I'm saying is this, and her sister, too, they're both growing up now, and they're, uh, they're doing so well. And what I'm saying is this. I, when I went there, I saw we, we'd go to Beijing, and then we'd go to Guangzhou to pick them up. And, and when we, we took them home in the plane, it was like I, I saw this part of God, that God reached down to the orphan, and he plucked them out of that orphanage, and he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to help you. Isn't that a good thing? Amen. And now they're on their way serving the Lord, too. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Now, well, one is serving the Lord, and one is like kind of off track right now, but she's going to get back to serving the Lord. Can I get a witness? Amen? Amen. Now, um, uh, so I was talking about we need help. So the Holy Spirit will help you. You know, the Holy Spirit is very practical. He'll be with you everywhere you go. Even when you go to, I almost said Kmart, but you can't, he doesn't go to Kmart anymore. There's only three left. But even when you go to Walmart, <laughs> even when you go to Walmart, the Lord will help you. Amen. And so uh, the other day I was going over to Walmart and, uh, and uh, I was, it was like Friday and I go like, well, we don't have anything for Sunday. Our kids, my daughter Ashley and Jason are here with our two grandkids are here with us this weekend. So glad to have them with us. And, and anyway, so I go, well, they're coming over and I, and I called Barbara and said, I, I need to get like a ham or something. I think I'm going to go and look for a ham. And so I went to Walmart and pick up a few other things, but then I went over to the the cases where they have the hams at, and on the end cap, they had like some Sam's hams, like Sam's Club, you know? We, we go for all the way the deluxe stuff. That's what we do in our house. And, and, and so it was a spiral cut ham, and it was around $27, something like that, for the ham. And then I looked at it, and I go like, you know what? We, I bought these hams before, and what we do is we have a few pieces of ham, and then they sit in the fridge for another month, and then we use the ham bone maybe, but it's just kind of sitting around there for a long time. So what I think I'm going to do, I'm going to head over to the deli, and I'm going to, in Walmart, and I'm just going to get some of that highfalutin ham, you know, that, you know, that, that fancy stuff that you would never buy. My, but I said, I think I'm just going to get uh, just a few slices of it, you know what I'm saying? And I, just because I felt like it, you know what I'm saying? So I went over there, and I thought, I'll just get the slices we need, and then I won't have to have all this extra. So I went over there, and there was a nice lady there, and uh, I, I was saying, hey, could I, uh, I just wanted to get some ham. She said, here, you try a couple of samples, and she gave me a couple of samples. And then she said to me, this lady was about 69 years old, and uh, I found that later. It wasn't the first thing I asked. Hey, I need some ham. How old are you? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. This is like, I, I try to be more, better than that. <clears throat> but anyway, 
So I'm getting my ham thing and, and, and tried a piece of, I want some turkey and some ham. So she, and I looked at, uh, anyway, so she got this ham and, and, and uh, I said, what do you think is the best here, you know? And, she, and then she showed me and I said, it, she gave me a sample. I said, oh man, that's really good. So let's just cut some thin slices of that. So she cut those slices real thin and nice. And, and then I had just what I needed for dinner. It was perfect and it cost like, uh, half of what I'd have paid for that other ham, right? It's just a little idea out there. So anyway, but then she says to me, she goes, she looked at me and she goes, do you go to Harvest Church? And I go, I go yeah, I go there quite often. And, uh, and then, then she said, because I was wearing glasses and a T-shirt and shorts, you know what I mean? So she didn't recognize me. She, she didn't recognize me at all, but she goes, uh, do you go to Harvard? I see that. Are you Pastor Perry? And I go, yeah, I'm Pastor Perry. Oh, man. She said, I didn't even recognize you. You look different than you do on Sundays, you know, and, and on the platform. And, and, but she said, but I recognized your voice. And I've had that happen to me so many times over the years in ministries. I didn't, they didn't know who I was, but when I talk, they go like, wait a second. I recognize your voice. Are you the pastor at Harvest Church? You know, something like that? And so I go, yeah. And I was just thinking about how it is with us and the Lord. We might not be able to see everywhere God is all the time or recognize where he might be, but we can sure hear his voice by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can I get ready and say amen? And so, and she said, oh, man. She said, I, I moved here a year ago from Washington State. I came down to Elk Grove, and I came to Harvest Church looking for a church, and we just found the best church in, in Harvest Church, like the, so, such friendly pastors and such friendly people. Everybody was so friendly. And I said, that's the kind of, it really is that kind of a church. It's wonderful people. And I'm so glad that you felt that way. And then she said, yeah, we came, I came down. She said, it was a year ago. And then she tells me, you know, she says, it was a year ago that my son died. And, and I said, your son died? And she goes, yeah, he died. My son and his fiance were on their way home from kayaking up here in Washington, and they were uh, riding in a car, and they ended up having a, a, a single car accident, and, and, and they ended up, I believe, rolling or whatever it was, but both of them perished, you know, at age 27. He was age 27. Oh, man, that just broke my heart. And I was just going like, oh, my, my goodness. I, 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 my heart just went out to her. I said, well, Debbie, I'm so sorry about your loss. And, and she, but I'm, I'm glad you're coming to church and I'll be here this weekend and I pray that you'll be encouraged. She was in second service this morning. And, and, and um, anyway, what, what I'm trying to say about this is, is many times in life, we go through twists and turns in life and we have things that happen that we don't even, we never factored in. Things that happen to us, a loss that we take on in a family, things that happen that like, what in the world is going on? I just thought I, I thought that I could make ends meet and somebody just moved the ends. And sometimes the ends don't get moved, they get blown up. And her, her life was like, what? And, and, but she said, God has been comforting me and God will comfort us by the Holy Spirit. Some way, somehow, he sent the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'm going to send the comforter to help you. And God comforts us in all of our losses and in all of our pain. He comforts us. The big things in life and even the little things in life, God will help us and he'll comfort us. If you're glad for that, give the, uh, give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. <clears throat> And it happens in the, in the big things in life, the major events in life, and even the minor events in life. Like, for instance, you know, I have things go wrong just like you do, you know? I mean, the other day, uh, I was, uh, we were driving just to a, uh, have lunch or dinner with uh, some friends of ours on uh, a few days ago, you know, uh, earlier this week, and we went, uh, we went to lunch or dinner. It was dinner at a restaurant. Just supposed to be just a short dinner for a birthday. And so we went there. And then on the way, I've got a car, by the way, and it's a Subaru Outback, and, and, and it's like a magnet for collecting rocks from the highway that hit the windshield. I don't know why it does this, but it does this. One day, we were driving from uh, Southern California home, and all of a sudden, bang, a rock hit us from a truck. You know, we were just passing a truck, hits us, and immediately the splinters the windshield, and that was our windshield number one. So I had that replaced. And then three months, no, maybe six weeks later, the same thing happens again. Two. Then, like, four months later, the same thing happens again. 
three windshields. And so then the other night I'm out walking and I'm driving. And every time I drive this car now, I go like, okay, I got, when's the hammer going to drop? In other words, okay, I'm going to stay behind that truck right there. I'm moving off to the side right here. This highway looks clean. I'm not going to, you know, I'm driving here. Okay, but what is going on? And I was even talking about it on the way. And then we get to the restaurant and I think I heard a little chip when I was driving, like just kind of a tick like that. And then I walked back to the car after we ate dinner and the line had gone across and down the windshield. <sighs> so then I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? Amen. So I called up Subaru and I'm an OEM guy. In other words, I like to have original equipment, you know, but man, next time this happens, I'm going right to Safelite for the $200 windshield. But anyway, I had insurance on it, thank God, for Geico, because uh, I had $50 deductible on my windshield, and they, they don't raise your rates, and I've had four windshields at $1,100 a crack. And, 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 and oh, I pardon the pun, $1,100 a crack. But anyway, uh, but anyway, but... In all of these things that you go for, God will still show up and help you and comfort you. Can I get a witness? The big things in life, even the little things in life, and he'll be with you. Praise God. What I'm trying to say is this, and I'll get on. Talk about taking you on a long rabbit trails this morning, but hey, you know. It's rabbit trails because bunnies and Easter, I guess, go together. So, whatever, dumb. Bad, bad, bad. Okay, no. Here's what I want you to see this morning. If it were not for Easter, if it weren't for the resurrection, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have been sent to be our helper. But aren't you glad for the promise of the Father, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans. In your pain, even in, in all these weird, wacky things that happen, I'm going to be there with you, and I'm going to comfort you, and I'm going to help you. If you're glad for that this morning, say aloud, loud amen. amen. Amen? All right. Now, let's keep on moving. I promise I'm going to get you out of town, you know, out pretty quick. All right? <laughs> Pretty quick. Uh, Easter also changes not only how you see the Holy Spirit, but it, sees, it changes how you see your Bible, your Bible. How many are glad for your Bibles this morning? Amen? And when you receive Jesus into your heart, and he's your Savior and your Lord, you're going to see your Bible in a different way. Have you noticed? Have you noticed how much easier your Bible reads when you know the author? It's like, now I know God, the author. The Holy Spirit's really the author of the Bible. But now that I know God and the Holy Spirit, my Bible even reads better. And the reason why that is is because the blinders have been taken off your mind and off of your heart. Because the Bible says before you were a Christian, you had a veil over your mind and a veil over your heart. But when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, that veil is taken away in Christ. That happened at Easter because of what Christ did on the cross. But here, right here, I've got a little blinder here. I'm going to put this on right now, okay? And so when, before you're a believer, this is how you look with all of the other unbelievers. They go like, man, I hear what you're talking about, but I just don't get it. I don't see it. I don't feel it. You know what I'm saying? And then when you read your Bible, you go like, before you're a believer, you go, I read it, but it just seems to be a bunch of words on the page. It's because the Bible says, before you received Christ, there was a veil over your eyes and there was a veil over your heart, so you couldn't even comprehend what the scriptures were. But when you gave your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, guess what? The Bible says that the veil was removed and now you can see what you need to see. Hallelujah. You see in a new way. And in fact... The Bible says this, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you remember the veil in the temple, right? There was a veil in the temple in the most holy of holies. There was a veil there. It was two inches thick, and only the priest could go in and, and make atonement for the sins of the people. But the veil was about two inches thick. It would have taken a team of horses to pull it each way, and they would not have succeeded at ripping it at all. It was that thick and that strong. But when Jesus died on the cross, not only was there an earthquake, but the veil of the temple was ripped in twain from top to bottom, but not from bottom to top, so as by the hand of God and not the hand of man. In other words, God was saying, because of Jesus Christ right now, that veil that we had in between us is now rent in twain, and you have access with boldness to the throne of God because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Now, that opens everything up. That veil that was over our heart and that veil that was over our, 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 our eyes is taken away. And you will find with the Word now, you'll be able to read it and understand it because God wouldn't write you a word that you couldn't understand. He wants to write to you because He wants you to be able to understand His words. But you'll find that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word. Hallelujah. And the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So here's what happens when we read our Bible. It, it, when we read the word of God, it makes wise the simple. It revives our souls. And it also lights up the path of our journey because his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. How many are glad? Whether your Bible's in physical form here on paper or if it's in digital form it's still the word of God how many are glad for the word of God today can I get away and say amen <laughs> hallelujah praise God then Easter changes the fifth thing is how you see others how you see others a lot of people how you doing out there by the way y'all doing good I'm all done man I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished here how you see others a lot of people say man I love God but I'll tell you what people get on my nerves <laughs> And there is more agitation going on right now than you've ever seen in my life. I'm talking about the world is more uptight right now about so many things. Just so uptight. And so you've really got to watch that. In fact, in a few weeks, possibly I'm going to just speak about how to overcome offenses because we can be so easily offended and so thin-skinned. It doesn't do any of us any good. We just need to chill out a little bit. Just chill out. And the Word of God says this. Jesus said this. He said, I'm giving you a new commandment, he said to his disciples. You've already got the Ten Commandments. They call that the Decalogue. And, and, but I'm going to give you a new commandment, which is going to be called the royal law, the law of love. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Say it with me, love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. How does Jesus love us? He loves us unconditionally. He loves us just as we are. He loves us with all of our shortcomings and failures. And he's saying the same way that I loved you, I want you to love other people too. It's going to take some work, but I want you to do it. And, and he says, by this, all will know that you're my disciples. What? If you have love one for another. Not if you drive a Mercedes Benz. Not if you drive a Lexus. Not even if you drive a Subaru. I was thinking about my Subaru with the broken windshields. I never have that trouble on my Ford. I've got a Ford pickup truck, and I figure it's because I've got the Lord and I've got my Ford. <laughs> and you try to put the Lord with the Subaru, and it just doesn't ring out there. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, as long as you've got the Lord and you've got your Ford, you're not going to have too many broken windshields. Praise God. Okay. Now, I want you to love others as I've loved you as well. Praise God. And... Jesus loved us with an unconditional love, and we have to love one another. Today in this world that we live in, everyone, there's a lot of people right now, especially in the service industry, uh, fast food and things like that, where the service isn't as fast as you're used to. Some things are disorganized. Some things are like, well, what is going on? Are people late or they're serving you late or whatever? Don't get uptight about all those. A lot of those companies right now are just short on help and short on good help, and you've got to be that much more filled with grace so that you cannot be, you know, uptight and get rude with them right back or do whatever. You know, my, my Taco Bell isn't perfect. You know, I'm going to don't do all of that stuff. And, 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 and so, so be kind to one another, tenderhearted and love one another. So, so love one another clearly and dearly. When I was going into uh, CVS about, uh, I thought I had one of these blinders in my house. You know, these, what do they call these here? Uh, sleep, um, sleep mask, right, that? And, and so I, I went into CVS. I, I said to Barb, I thought we had bunches of these around, like old ones from airline trips and stuff, and we couldn't find one. And, and then I said, well, I'll just have to pot, stop by CVS on the way to church last night. So I did. And I walked into CVS, and, and there was a, a lady there, and she looked pretty tired out. And, 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 and I asked her, you know, for directions uh, for where I could find this. I was kind of in a hurry, but not in a, you know, not a rush, like, you know, not weird. But I was kind of in a hurry. wanted to get it done as quickly. And she said, just go down aisle two and to the travel section, and you'll find it right there. So I went to aisle two, and there it was, sitting $3.99 including ear plucks. <laughs> Which, if you're married, that's a really good thing. No, 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 it's not all right. It's not, it's not right. That's not right. Bad pastor. Bad pastor. 
Everyone, that was not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and um, I'll be eating alone at McDonald's today. <laughs> They're these orange ones that you roll up and you push in, you know. I'll show them to you later, Barb. Okay. <laughs> They're going to be for her, right, I'll tell you. But anyway, I went in there, got these $3.99. But then I, I start to walk up, you know, and then there's two guys that walked up right ahead of me. I love it when that happens, you know. And then they turn out to be super slow, like they were writing a novel or something while they're up there. And then because you, you're sitting there and they're like, okay. And then they were talking about this and that. And then they wanted to figure out what size of whiskey they were going to buy, the $11 one or the $7 one. They bought the $11 one. How do I know? Because I was listening. And then, and, and, and then, and then, and then they got through that, and then they had to show the ID. All these things are taking time, you know, and they'd show the ID. And, okay, I just need to get to church. I got a service here in just a few minutes, but, you know, uh, but you stay kind. And then they finally made it, and then I stepped up there. And, and then, uh, then she, said, she said to me, I don't even know why she said this. She said, man, I, I hope I wasn't grumpy to you because I've been feeling grumpy all day. I said, what's wrong? She goes, I said, no, you weren't grumpy to me at all. And then and she says, I just haven't had any sleep at all. I'm just working. She says, I just haven't had any sleep. I said, how late are you working today? And she goes, I'm working till 1030 tonight, you know, at CVS. Man, hey, everybody, there's some people out there, they working hard for the money. And, and the last thing they need is some of us guys that are just cruising through there and just going like, hey, I just went it my way. You know what I'm saying? You better be perfect today. I mean, give them a break. Can I get a witness? Amen. Just give them a little bit of a break. So I, I just tried to encourage us, man, sleep is really an underrated thing. You need sleep. Everybody needs sleep. And you're going to be so much better when you get the sleep you need. But thank you for the good service. And I took off after that and went, went, went to church. And by the way, stop being uptight when you're driving. So many people are like so uptight, like they're just like, you know, have you ever been going down Elk Grove Boulevard and you're doing about 45 and somebody goes by you doing about 80 miles an hour? zigzagging through them, then, then you catch up with them at the next stoplight? Like, what did that prove? Did you go to, did you go to a driver's training and realize you're only going to save five minutes out of your whole trip of 100 miles by doing that kind of driving? Cut that out in the name of Jesus. Right, can I get a witness? Amen. Stop that. If you're here, if you're here this morning, that's how you drive. Cut it out. We're tired of it. <laughs> I'm serious. You're going to hurt yourself and hurt somebody else. And then when you get there, you're also just so jittery from all, just go, 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 and agitated and everything. Stop that in the name of just calm down. Be kind. Be loving. Hallelujah. Do we all live in the same town here? You all got it. Okay. So... How you see your Bible, how you see others. In other words, loving those that are even tough to love right now because a lot of people are on edge, they're agitated, but understand that. Pull back a little bit and, 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 and you'll all have a more peaceful day and your blood pressure will stay where it needs to be. All right? All right. Now, last thing here this morning. Uh, Easter not only changes how you see your Bible and how you see others, it's, it changes how you see yourself which is a new creation. You need to begin to see yourself as God sees you, and that's a new creation. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Hallelujah. So Jesus is in the life-changing business, and he can change your life. And if you don't feel like you measure up, because sometimes you just don't, if you feel like I'm just not enough, I trip up too much, I blow it too many times, or I have too many shortcomings or weaknesses, let me just tell you, you are in good company, and God specializes in those kinds of people. I just want to tell you, you're in good company. Don't give up on yourself because God has not given up on you. He sees you as a brand-new creation. I want you to see something in a past, present, future kind of way. Not only has God begun a good work in you, he's doing a good work in you, and he's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You are a work in progress, and you might have started with great intention, great zeal at the beginning, and even got blown off course on a mid-course, and you need a mid-course correction. You go like, man, I, just, uh, I don't feel like I'm the fervent 
person that I need to be anymore, a fervent believer anymore. I feel like I've cooled off. I'm here on Easter Sunday, but I just feel kind of indifferent. I feel kind of like whatever you feel like. It's okay. God is used to that, and he's good with mid-course corrections. If you've gotten off course, he'll get you back on course. It's called, you know, prevailing winds when a jetliner is flying from north to south or east to west or whatever. It can get blown off course, but all he does is makes a correction with a rudder, and he gets right back on course. And I'm just saying here, if you're feeling a little lethargic in your spirit, a little bit worn down, God will make a mid-course correction. He's a great second-chance God, and he's a great follow-through God. So just what, just realize this. He has begun. Say it with me. God has begun a good work in me, and he's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And you say it again, I'm a work in progress. Turn to your neighbor now. You can really say, I'm a work in progress. You remember that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, was, I was saying before, go easy on me, but just remember that. We're all a bunch of work in progress, all right? I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about the, some Bible characters, you know, in the Bible. The, the, the God, here's what God had to work with, but God sure did great things through each one of these individuals, and they all had flaws, and they all had imperfections, and they all had, you know, rough edges and all of that. Abraham thought he was too old. Remember, Abraham was 100 years old. What are you going to do with me? But man, I'll tell you what, he got Isaac out of that. Abraham thought he was too old. Jacob was a schemer. Joseph was sold by his brothers. Moses was a stutterer. Gideon was afraid. Samson had bad judgment. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah thought he was too young. David was an adulterer. Elijah was depressed. He went to a cave. Jonah ran from God. Peter denied Christ three times. The disciples fell asleep while Jesus was praying right before he went to the cross. Come on, y'all. Mar Martha was a, was a worrier. Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed. Zacchaeus was too small, he thought. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. Timothy was too timid. And oh, by the way, Lazarus was dead. They all had their handicaps. But God changed all of their lives. And if God could change all of the lives of the people I just mentioned, guess what? He can change your life as well. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God we serve. Woo! So don't give up on yourself because God certainly hasn't given up on you. And he knows what to do. Praise God. Speaking of changed lives, next Sunday, Pastor Glenn Berto, a good friend of mine from Modesto at the house in Modesto, is going to be here. I'm so glad that he's going to be able to come over and share how Jesus changed his life two years ago after he really, his heart just stopped. You know, he's going to church service, getting ready for a Monday night prayer service, and while he was sitting in the car, his, his heart, it was called a, a heart arrest, not like an attack, but it was an arrest. It just stopped. And, they, and honestly, he almost died there right on the spot. They took him over to the hospital, and his own testimony, he'll tell you, that he coded. In other words, he, it, they had to be restarted, started, flatlined out or whatever, eight times. Eight times they brought him back. They even put him in the part of a hospital where you just leave the people just to, you know, we've done the best we can help them. There's others that need more help. And, and, and until like an angel came into the room, he was going to share this testimony of a res his own resurrection next Sunday, and you'll want to hear it. And here's a picture of uh, Glenn laying in bed with Debbie, his wife, over him. He had machines hooked up to that whole room full of machines. He was absolutely just gone. But... Um, he wasn't hanging on by a thread. He was hanging on by a piece of lint. And the prayers of God's people got him through. But he'll share that next Sunday. I talked to Glenn like three or four days ago. And he said, please tell the people to come back next Sunday. But he said, especially if you're needing a healing touch in, in your body. Because I'm going to pray for healing in both of our services next Sunday. So be with us. But we're talking about how God can change anything. Hallelujah. So Easter, everyone. Wrapping it up right now. Easter means the resurrection, and the resurrection makes all of the difference. If Christ is not risen, our faith is in vain, but Christ is risen indeed. He's become the first fruits of many who will follow after him, but Easter changes everything, and the resurrection changes lives today. Praise God. Because of what Christ did on Easter, watch this, your past is forgiven, thank God, your present is secure, thank God, and your future is certain because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And if you believe that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If I was supposed, uh, I'm really kind of done right now, but uh, if I was going to end this the proper way, I would have just said, you know, Easter changes how you see God. Easter changes how you see Jesus. Easter changes how you see the Holy Spirit. Easter changes how you see your Bible. Easter changes how you see others. And that, I'll tell you what, an Easter changes how you see yourself as a brand new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. Now, becoming a brand new creation in Christ, I'm looking at a bunch of brand new creations in Christ right now. But if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Perry, I want Jesus in my life. I want him to be my Savior and my Lord. I've done it my way long enough. I want to go the Lord's way. I want to pray with you right now. And I'd like everyone just to stand up. And we're going to dismiss here in just a couple of minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll help us right now because you're the one that draws men and women to Christ. I just pray, Holy Spirit, there's no one that can come to the Lord except that you draw them. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll draw them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. If you're standing here this morning and you say, Pastor Perry, I want to receive Christ as my Savior, how do I get there? Well, it's through believing and receiving. Just say it with me this morning. Believe, receive. Lord, I believe on you, but now I'm the one that opens the door and I receive you, Lord God. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever, what, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then he says this, But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So when we believe on Jesus and receive him, we become part of the family of God. We, we become children of God. Hallelujah. How many children of God do we have here this morning? Wave at me right now. Amen. Bunches of you. So if you say, Pastor, I'd like to be a child of God. I want to know Christ. Pray this prayer with me right now in church family. If you'll just join in. Let this prayer be not just from your head, you need your head, but just not only from your head, but from your heart as well, especially from your heart. And I just pray this with me right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. And on this Easter Sunday, I ask you, Lord God, to save me. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sin and give me a new life today. With my mouth, I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So watch this now. So, Lord, I believe on you, and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord, and I pray in your holy name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, all across, before we do the, anything more here this morning, I'm not going to call you forward today, but... All of those who prayed with me right now in this moment to receive Christ or to come back to God, uh, I want to just ask you, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I just want you to very quickly, all across this auditorium, very quickly, just to lift up your hand as high as, high as you can so that I can see it. Would you do that right now? Yes, back over here, and yes, back over here, and yes, back over here, and yes, over here. Others that would lift a hand, lift it real high so that I can see it. Right over there, yes. Yes, over here, and yes, over there. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, back there. Now give the Lord great praise. Hallelujah. Right over here. Thank you, Lord God. And online by faith, lots of people receiving Christ right now. The Bible says this, that when you receive Jesus Christ, your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb is Jesus Christ. He's got a book where all of those who have come to him and been saved, they're written down in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, you are registered now in heaven. Then the Bible says this, even if one person, even if one person re uh, receives Christ, only one, and we had way more than that today, if one, one, the whole, all of heaven rejoices. The angels in heaven rejoice. So... If the angels are rejoicing, let's rejoice one more time. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. I want to sing this morning just one chorus of a worship song, then I want to pray a blessing over you, and off we go. God bless you. And uh, let's, but let's sing the song, and then I want to pray a blessing over you. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you again for coming this morning. It's just been so wonderful being with you like this today on this Easter Sunday. You know, Easter's there's a certain formality about it. In other words, they, they come just once a year, and, uh, Christmas and Easter, and then there's a certain formality, and it's not like what we do every week and things like that. It's, it's great that way, but sometimes you, you, you're kind of like... Um, it's not like an, it doesn't fit like an old shoe sometimes you know it's just a, it's a service it's just a standout service but here's what I want you to do this morning if you would uh, just for a moment before we leave I want to ask if you would just uh, lift your hands to the Lord for just a moment um, and because I believe that God wants to give you a hug all right and I believe that he wants you just to know his presence in, in your life right now in this moment there's many of you that have walked into this place and you're carrying a heavy burden and many of you are carrying a hurt and many of you are saying God I just need God to somehow help me and intervene in what I'm going through right now oh I'm telling you what when we lift our hands to the Lord we're saying Lord I surrender myself to you Lord I praise you and I worship you but then we're, we're also saying Lord I lift up my hands to say, Abba, Father, you're my heavenly Father, and I need you in a special way today. So, Lord, this morning I pray that you will touch the lives of every single person in this place that needs that something extra from you. God, let them know that you're near to them right now. Let them know that you're with them and that you're going to help them, and you're going to see them through. And I pray this right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me right now. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to be thankful. And I pray, Lord God, that you're going to give me favor and a breakthrough in my life. And I pray it in your holy name. Just say this right now. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I need to do this, too, this morning. I want you to just take a moment just to bless the Lord with your own lips. It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks. But when we bless the Lord, he inhabits the praises and the blessings of the praises of his people inhabits that. So I want to just ask you here this morning, just and I'll lead you in this blessing, but I mean, just bless the Lord with your own voice. Let's just do it right now. Lord, we bless you. We're thankful to you, Lord God. We worship you. We honor you. We love you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We praise your name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Just take it up another notch, just in your volume. Lord, we just bless you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Now say this with me this morning, if you will. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Now, Father in heaven, I speak your blessing over your people today. God, we all need your help. 
God, we all need your provision in our lives. Lord, God, I just pray right now for your blessing, for your favor, for your mercy, for your grace, for your healing, for your provision in the lives of your people today, Lord. God, let your people know your presence and your spirit in a near and dear way today in their households, in their family, Lord God. Minister, Lord God, your love to them and your presence to them in the name of Jesus. So I speak the blessing of the Lord over you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone that receives that, give the Lord the best hand of the morning. You do that, amen. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. All right, we love you so much. You've been the best today. Thank, thanks for being here, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week, too, for another great day in the Lord, in the Lord's house. God bless you. Have a happy Easter. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.